Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rest is Football a question episode uh, with me, Gary Lineker, and Micah Richards, but no Alan Shearer uh, today because he's on his he's on his golf trip, so we've allowed him to play 18 holes and uninterrupted. Hold on, hold on, Gary. Is that, is that allowed? I, I thought this was supposed to come first. When we made a pact at the beginning of the season, we said this would come first. So why were you in Mexico and not doing um, the last episode that we did? <laughs> it's, a, it's a contractual ag- agreement, Gary. I mean. Oh, so it's all right for some and others. But I think what you're saying is it's fine if it's work circumstances, but not if it's just a golf trip with the Geordie lads and he's, he's too hungry over to get up early correct that's exactly what i'm saying gary so michael what were you doing in mexico okay just to give a little bit of context for those who don't know i am well i was captain but i think i got (laughs) shifted to the side jill scott is a new blue team captain on a league of their own Obviously, JB Redknapp has been doing it for years and he was with Maisie Adam. And basically what we do, we've got a studio show, which we film in London for two and a half weeks. Then we have what you call a road trip. So our road trip this year was Mexico. Mexico. Was it fun? <laughs> How long were you there? Uh, they was out for 10 days. I was out for about five days because I went after the Manchester derby. So mm. I headed a little bit late, but it was amazing. I was doing wrestling, Gary. I'm a wrestler now. No that's way. All. Oh, I can't right, give okay. it away. Yeah. But that's what I'm going to tell you. I was a wrestler. What, like UFC style wrestling? Or? No, WWE, WWF, oh, that sort of wrestling. Oh, Brilliant. All masked up, all oiled up. Fantastic. <laughs> I bet you looked a million dollars, didn't you? I look fantastic. You know what? I'm going to put it in a group right now. Now, everyone will want to know, and I I, I wouldn't be doing my, my job if I didn't ask this question, Micah. Any good nightclubs in Mexico <laughs> that you frequented? <laughs> um, they were a few fantastic nightclubs. I, I won't name them 
just just because <laughs> because just you can't because I can't. <laughs> but let's say I've learned how to salsa. Ooh. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that episode, Micah. Oh, uh, uh, right. Let's um, get on with answering uh, your questions. And once again, thank you very much for sending them in there. Much appreciated. Um, let's start with a question from Nicholas Pope. Hi, fellas. I love the podcast. You guys are great value. Uh, thank you. My question is, which training drills or sessions made the biggest difference to your ability or technique on the pitch? Or maybe an understanding of what you took out of those sessions with teammates that you can apply when in the game? I go back to my kind of upbringing, really, and my first time with Leicester um, in the days, well, it's pre-academy days, but it was, um, used to go after school, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I had a coach called George Dewis, who was a great goal scorer himself for Leicester City way back. He's no longer with us, uh, sadly. But it was interesting because he was a centre forward himself, scored a lot of goals, and his his entire training sessions were finishing, 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 whether it's crossing and getting a movement in the box or whether it was one-on-one with the goalkeeper or whether it was hitting the ball from the edge of the box. And it, But it was every single session. He was brilliant for me. And, and he went through, he was also the um, the youth team coach when I joined Leicester at 16. So I had him until probably from 12 to 18. And every single session, Tuesday, Thursdays, and often on Saturdays, and then once I joined full time, um, was just finishing. And I think that had an enormous benefit on me. No particular exercise in particular, but because, you know, you can never... Um, replicate something in a match exactly anyway but it's just that constant scoring goals from every different position uh, had a massive effect on me anything for you mike a particular perhaps session or style of coaching yeah i remember early doors so we just um lost mark hughes and we brought in mancini and you know the italians very thorough with their tactics you know exactly what they want when they want it and basically, I remember it was around Christmas time and it was pitch black. Mancini gets announced and we had a session like normally. So a normal day in the life as a footballer, you get up, probably have breakfast around eight, nine o'clock. You get to training for 9.30, 10 o'clock. You start training half 10 or 11. You do your pre-activation, you do your warm-ups, whatever you need for the session. So say you start at 11 o'clock. You might be training for two hours, you have your lunch, you get your massage, then you go home. Footballers have a lot of time to do basically nothing once you've, you know, done all the stuff that you need at football. But then we walk out the changing rooms and we see a list. So normally you only get a list when it's like time to go to a game. So it's 20 in the squad or 18 or whatever it may be. It's a list. And we've seen training at 5.30 p.m. So we're thinking, <laughs> is that for the reserves? Because you normally, the, the first team have their way of doing things and reserves and like the, the the top academy players might trade later to see who he wants to put in his, you know, his squad. So I think it was David Platt at the time. I've said to play 5.30 for what? <laughs> and there was an awkward silence. He said, we're training at 5.30. And I was like, you're going to lose all the lads. You're going to lose all. So... We go home, we have our sleep, we come back. It was like wacky races, everyone getting back on time. To, Can I ask because, one question here? Yeah, of course. Was, is this for pre-season training or was it? This is, this is 
in the season. Okay. This Understood. is this is yeah. this is what made it even worse. If that's a great question, Gary, because normally yeah. if you train twice or three times a, uh, a day preseason, no yes. problem. Because yep. what you're trying to do, you get your body in the best possible shape. So when you play in the games, it's as easy as possible. We was doing this during the season, pitch black outside. <laughs> we come back to training, and then Mancini puts on a a session. You don't touch the ball. It's all tactics he put floodlights on the astroturf pitch because our normal pitch was dark so we're on astroturf pitch basically just doing shape for hours and hours and hours and i have to give it to him it helped us massively the players didn't really want to buy into it but after they started seeing the shape it was like fair play yeah i mean to be perfectly honest it's not exactly going down the pit is it <laughs> I don't think you'll get too much sympathy for, for, for having to train an extra couple of hours. On a, on, 5.30, in the Gary. I was just... No, I get it. I, mean, I get it because you so, footballers, are, we're so accustomed, aren't we, just to train a couple of hours a day during yeah. the season. Because to be honest, if you do any more of that, you can get tired. But I must admit, I never enjoyed the shape training because as a striker, you basically, you don't really get involved in it. It's all for the defence and midfield, really, isn't it? Did you press though, Gary? I obviously press, but was you taught to press or was you taught to sit back in position and just wait? It it, it varied. It varied. Um, sometimes we'd sit back and, um, and particularly probably with England, you'd you'd sit back because generally when you play a, a tournament, it's in the in the heat of the summer somewhere or a you know place like. With when we played in Mexico, where you've just been, it, you, there's no way you could have pressed there. I mean, you're playing at altitude in a lot of places and in 30, 40 degrees centigrade and others, so you, you couldn't press. But yeah, it was very rarely you worked on um, the pressing side of things in training back then. Although Terry Venables was keen on on pressing, so I did it a lot with him. But um, yeah, but it's just that that formation stuff, it's, it's just dull. That's the pressure. It's not hard work. It's just dull, isn't it? It's just, yeah. it, that's it. it Okay. But it helps. It helps. It does. It does. Let's move on. We've got a question from Andrew Alexander. What is your favourite football match that you've watched live as a spectator? Um, well, I'll give you a little bit of time to think because I think we talked sort of talked about this. Um, in fact, um, on the podcast this week with Alan Shearer was definitely the World Cup final uh, for me in Qatar because I, I, it was just truly extraordinary. Um, and we, we went into some depths about that. Um, just the other day. So, Micah, yours? Yeah, I was going to say same, the, yeah. the exact same, but I think I'll give the people a, a little bit of, of context as to, not just why, because it was a great game, but it was it was strange because when we're doing punditry, so how, how we have it, you're the big wig. You're top of the line, top of the tree. You're in the, the A team, as it were. Well, so you're, the A you're team- You're getting closer, Micah. I, I know, yeah, but yeah. I just, I, this is what I love about the whole the whole thing. So you have A team, and in the A team is normally the big hitters. So you'll have someone like a Drogba, a Shearer, yourself, a Rio Ferdinand. And A team pretty much means you're a very good broadcaster, but you was an outstanding player, you know? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the big games, you'll be considered as the A-team for that particular game. So what happened on that day is someone must have believed I was doing something 
with the A-team for TV. And someone must have assumed I was doing something for the, the A- so the A-team radio would be yeah, Chappers uh, and uh, Chappers and uh, Murray, uh, Ian Dennis, unbelievable Kenny Cates, unbelievable team, Chris Sutton, and for some reason, I sort of wasn't booked to do either or. So you got in no one's eighteen. <laughs> so I was I was on the reserve for the eighteen on radio and reserve eighteen oh. for TV. So I was sort of just like flowing around you know so you could just enjoy the game in the end i went to go do a little bit of radio but without going into too much detail and throwing people in the box there wasn't enough mics really so i was like oh okay wh- what do i have so anyway i just said to myself let me just go watch the best game in 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 history that that i've seen and i was just there with one of the staff from the radio really looked after me fantastic on the day he cheered me up because he knew i wanted to be doing something but i wasn't doing anything and then we just it was mbappe messi no messi's messi's the best no mbappe's the best oh mbappe can't (laughs) allow messi to do this to him but then messi has to have the last laugh. And it was just an incredible day because that's just typical me. I started off the day on such a high, ooh, World Cup final, broadcasting. I'm, I'm, I'm involved somehow. And then it just, no one wanted me. And then I get to see the game. So what was I even moaning about in the first place? I was so mm. privileged to be even there. So it was just the highs and lows of the day, really. Can you remember that old TV series, The Eighteen? Oh, I've not seen it, but I've heard of it, Gary. Yeah. Well, they're bringing a new one out called the B Team. And you're, you're, <laughs> if you'd like to audition. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Then, let's move on. A question from Raj Chohan. I hope I've said that right. Who is the second best striker in the Premier League after Erling Haaland? Now, do we count people like Mo Salah as a striker? Probably not, I would say, on this for this question anyway. I think he means a nine. Um, um, Callum Wilson, Watkins. We could we could include Alvarez in that, maybe. Al- he's he's not really playing as a nine though, is he's he? Playing he's playing as a ten, a ten. But he's still playing up front. Jesus possibly would be in that. But Jesus batch. plays off the left, doesn't well, he? he can, yeah, but he, he can play as a nine and plays a lot. Isak. Possibly as well. I like him. But I would say underneath Haaland, there's not one obvious probably standout because he's so so ahead of everyone else, certainly as a, as a number nine in, in the Premier League. Um, now that Kane's left, um, that would have been different. Actually, I've, I've got it. I've got the answer to this question. Just thought because he's shifted to a nine this season, a certain young min son. <laughs> Gary, we can't do that. We can't. We're just we shifting places. It's no, a forward. The question is, who is the best number nine up or striker after Erling Haaland in the Premier League right now? If we'd have said over a period of time, we could have said, well, Harry Kane or Alan Shearer or someone else. But at the moment, Son's playing as a nine and he's playing it brilliantly. And he, what I like about him, he's great at getting behind um, the back four in all seriousness. That's got to be the answer, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with you if we're saying players who are playing that position this season. And of course, Son has been incredible. But we, we knew Son could do this already. I Let's talk about the, What's the number What's that going to do with the answer to this question? Whether we knew he could do it or... We know Haaland can score a lot we of goals. Son, we, we, but it's, it's, it's for the likes of the 
the Wilsons, the Alvarez, yeah. the Watkins, who not really have had... All right, let's take Son out of it you ca- for you. On form, I would say Watkins. Yeah. I, st- I still think he's got another level to go. I still think he's, he's snatching at things. If I'm being really, really yeah. critical, I do mind to talk about finishing when it's a striker, but I do believe... He's got another level to go where it becomes effortless for him. He, he missed a header yesterday, I think. I was watching the second half there and uh, a chance to get them back in the game against Forrest. Um, but yeah, but we all miss chances. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. There's no obvious standout, I don't think. We've got to talk about Ferguson as well, Brighton. He's, well, he's, yeah, but he's, he's got, probably he's not quite nine. yet, but he could well be. that. I, I, he's got a real talent. Yeah, I think it's only right we mentioned Ferguson. But yes, I... Uh, I think Watkins right now. Okay. We'll give it a little bit more thought over the break. We'll take a breather. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of trying therapy, learn more at BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Get the champagne ready. The NBA Finals are here. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness! Here's the high-stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss. He ties the game at the buzzer! And to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals, presented by YouTube TV, begin Thursday, June 6th on ABC. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Mike Richards and me, Gary Lineker. Um, Alan Shearer's on the fourth tee, I believe. He's already 16 over par. It's not going well for him. Um, <laughs> I've got a question here from Recruit96. Um, which teammate of yours had the most unusual personal habits <laughs> um i can think back to tottenham um it wasn't necessarily an unusual personal habit but um one of our teammates john monker monkey who was a great lad a lot of fun he was quite ticky um and that's coming from someone who's a bit ticky himself I've always been a bit twitchy um and and on the back of the bus gazza always used to challenge him to not like twitch or twitch or do his nose or whatever um for a minute and he, he could never do it and he said oh stop doing that to me stop doing that to me stop making me try it was <laughs> like pulling strange faces all the time um which was which was quite fun micah I'm, I'm not sure i want to know about your unusual <laughs> habits but um any any players that you can think of uh not, not really. I, I, I won't, I won't name names because it won't be, be fair. But a lot of our players used to smoke in the changing rooms before they used to go out. You kidding? I, I swear it was, it was madness. I'd go there because I, 
every every time before I used to go out, I used to say a little prayer in the um in the in the toilet, and you say a little prayer and all that. In the, you said right. a prayer in the toilet. I, <laughs> okay, I needed a quiet space, and then one time I just seemed like smoke sort of you know when it filters over your I'm did like, you think it what? was a message from the lord <laughs> i thought i was going straight to heaven <laughs> i think you might go the other way Micah. <laughs> but yeah uh, I, it's, it wouldn't be responsible of me to, to name names no, but no, it was that. i don't know if it was because of nerves so gary i think we have to put it into context as well being professional footballer is the best job like it's all we dreamed of as young boys the lifestyle it gives you but it does come with some pressure like the the minute before you're about to go out in a big game or not even sometimes a big game what goes through you and be able to put that to aside and perform it it's some of the most nerve-wracking times of your life, isn't it? And you just want to get your first pass right. You want to score the first goal or the first tackle. And I just think players wanted that little bit of, I don't know. Smoking time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never, I've played all my career. I never saw that in a dressing room once. You never seen And not in, in um, and that's back in the day when obviously players weren't anywhere near probably as professional as they are now. Yeah. I find that that's nuts. I think it was more a comfort thing, you know, because of yeah. the nerves. They just wanted yeah. something to do. Smoking, they just yeah. wanted to feel dizzy and sick <laughs> on the pitch. But that brings me to have you seen the players taking snooze? Now this how do you say it again, Micah? Snooze? Um snooze? some call it snooze and some call it snus so yes and this is a thing that's become very popular which is it's it's a very high dose of nicotine isn't it that you put under your correct right okay you like it don't you do it a little bit is that yeah so basically um I, i don't know what it is i don't know if we're searching for something or something to calm us down but it came from scandinavia many years ago and one of the players gave me some and it was oh, horrible. And then it came back like 10 years. People started taking it again. And what you do, like you said, a bit of nicotine, you put it in your gum and it just gives you a relaxing feeling. Okay, right. So I'm going to tell a story here about when was it? A couple of years ago in the European Championship. And it's the night before the opening game of the tournament, which was going to be live on BBC One. And we have gathered at a hotel in Manchester and we're having dinner. And who's there? There was Micah and Alan Shearer and Rio's agent and Ashley Williams and one or two others. And we were talking about these snooze things. Now, it's important to say it's not, it's not illegal. It's perfectly legal. A lot of footballers take them and you see them sometimes doing interviews with the things and under their gum. So I'm asking them, what is this stuff? Why do you know? I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. They said, well, I said, what, I said, well, what does it do for you? They said, well, it just calms you. It just calms you down. You probably hardly even notice it. So they're going, why don't you try it? I'm going, nah, 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 nah it's not for me. I'm not a smoker. I'll be, I'll be. And they went, no, go on, no, it's, it's that. So anyway, a few drinks later to, towards the end of the night. Come on, come on. I went, well, I'm going to go to bed now. What, so 
I'll, tr I'll, tr all right, I'll, tr I'll try it a little bit. So what do I do? They went, right, just get the thing, stick it under your gum, leave it in for five minutes, take it out. So I went, well, okay. Do you want the strong one or the weak one? Well, I want the weak one, obviously. I'm not going to go straight in. I'm not that stupid. So anyway, so anyway, pop. I pop this thing under my gum. I go up to my bedroom. <laughs> I get undressed, ready for bed. And suddenly I start to feel really, really dizzy so i sit on the bed and i'm stark naked and i've whipped this thing straight out my mouth and thrown it in the bin thought what the hell is this and i stand there leaning sitting on my bed and i start to sweat but i'm freezing and i'm sweating and i'm sweating and there's a pool on the floor and and i can't move and I, i'm thinking what the hell have they done to me so anyway, then I start to feel very, very nauseous. But I can't stand up because if I move upwards in any way, shape or form, I go incredibly dizzy and feel like I'm going to vomit immediately. So eventually I lay on the floor and I crawl to the toilet like a snake. <laughs> just sliding. That's the only way I could get there. And just before I got to the toilet, it, I, I vomit everywhere. It's on the shower screens. It's all over. And it's this is about, I think, midnight. And I'm, I feel terrible. It's horrendous. It's sick everywhere. I'm lying there. I'm sorry about this story. but as you, And then the only place I could not feel be sick again is if I lie on my side on a freezing cold floor. And I am now hating you lot. Hating you lot like you can't imagine. Feel like I've been set up. And then after a certain period of time, I thought, oh, I think I'm through it. And I go back and I sit on my bed and it starts again. And I'm dizzy and I'm back on my front sliding like a snake. And I get back and I'm ill again. And then I'm laying on the toilet floor, waiting and waiting. And eventually I, it, the thing came to an end and I got into my bed and I thought, I'll look at the time. It was 7 a.m. in the morning. I'd had seven hours of absolute torture. Thank you very much for that, Michael. Oh, my gosh. What a And that story. was the night before I got no sleep. I had to do the, the opening game of the Euros. Thank, thank heavens I wasn't playing. I hasten to add. What on earth are you doing taking that stuff? I don't know. Oh, Gary, what a story. That is uh, unbelievable. Uh, it's an ab absolutely true. It was it's horrendous. Viral, it, was, it was horrendous. Not sure how we move on from that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just slide through on the floor to the next question. Uh, this is mostly from Micah and it's from Luke. Oh. Uh, how much do players care, if at all, about how they're rated in video games. So I presume that's like the FIFA ratings and stuff. I must admit, I know very little about that sort of thing. And I'm not, I've never been a gamer, but I did notice that I managed to sneak onto something called, is it FIFA Legends or something? <laughs> you know exactly what it's called. Yes, yeah, it's called FIFA but Legends. They had my pace at the start of it really low. Like what I was, was it? What was yeah, your pace? Well, I, I think it was about 86, 87 or something. I mean, I was rapid. And I, and at that point, I thought, this is a nonsense. Do players take notice of it, Micah? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, they do, yeah. I just wanted to beat Zabaleta. I just wanted it to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never beat <laughs> you, you know what it is, though? It's because 
It's just, this is when social media starts coming into play because back in the day, it used to be Pro Evolution Soccer. That was everyone's game. And then everyone moved to FIFA and FIFA started becoming too realistic, like your power, your, your, your pace, your skill, your shooting, your defending, had absolutely everything. And I was like, I'm quicker than Zabaleta. I'm stronger than Zabaleta. I score more goals than Zabaleta. But his rating is still better than mine. I'm just like, this is, this is a piss take. So of course we do. I think mine was 78 at the time and he was 80. I think the best I've ever been on it overall is, is 80 or 81. So. And he said, what's that? I mean, to, tell people, explain to, I mean, idiots like me and. Yeah, don't so, really so 81 this. out of, uh, your score 100. is out of 100. Oh, it's 90. Yeah, it's. 99 really, but it's 100. Yeah, you score out of your 100. And this can be based on sort of like physicality, uh, your speed, shooting, passing, all those sort of things get rolled up into one. Gotcha. And basically, I was pretty good at all them things, but my rating was never- but Hang on a minute, Mike. If you ever got an eight out of a 10 in the morning, that on in the newspapers, you'd be absolutely chuffed with that. So in in essence, you've been given an eight out of ten. Yes, I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Try and yeah. look at it in a positive way. <laughs> You're right, Mike. Gary. Um, I've done my, oh Harry's just um sending me something. Um, apparently, my legend card uh, was ninety two, Michael. <laughs> You see, obviously, that's why you know 80 is not that good, isn't it? 92, well, no, that is. No, come on, though. You know, no, was, you, were just a, you were just a fullback. <laughs> that 92 is marvellous. It, it is. really is. Um, th th which leads me on to the next question, which is from Nathan Zur. And um, this, this fella's rating will be significant higher than, uh, than either of our ratings. In the spirit of Messi winning his eighth Ballon d'Or, how do you think he would have gone on in the Premier League in his prime? Now, I often see this question and I always think, that's absurd. What do you mean? He would just absolutely dominate and be brilliant as he is everywhere else. In fact, he has got one of the best records. I think he's in the top three of the all-time scorers against the Premier League's top six. And he doesn't play in our league. <laughs> so I think that answers your question for you. <laughs> Oh, when people ask you that, it's, it's just like, daft, isn't it? Come on, it's like we've seen how good David Silver was, uh, and Messi is David Silver, who could finish, and he's rapid. So <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. Messi would be the best whether he was playing in England, Spain, Brazil, Portugal, France. No matter where, he's the best. He's a goat. He has to be. Yeah. Well, going from the Ballon d'Or winner to another of the um, recipients of an award on that evening, and it, it was uh, a, a privilege to hand over that award to a certain Erling Haaland. Um, this question from Nikki to me, Gary, what was Erling telling you while you guys were watching his goals back at the Ballon d'Or? Uh, and what's your favourite person you saw at the ceremony? Well, Messi was there, and it was, it was great, actually, because I took the four boys and... Um, I told Alan the other day, and it was it was they were all there on Bappe and Didier Deschamps and um, Haaland and Messi and all the Man City players. Um, it was it was brilliant to be there. 
Um, Did you ask him to get on? Come on the pod or what? what? <laughs> I, I asked you Bellingham actually. I had a good chat with Jude um, and um, he said, yeah, definitely do it at some point. So that'd be great. We'd love to get Jude on. You can't have Messi on because he doesn't speak English. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe, who knows? Um, right. And let's answer that question because actually it's quite interesting because um, during the Ballon d'Or, when I gave him the award, um, they showed all of the goals that Haaland scored last season, all stuck together in a montage. And we were standing there just watching them and it was obviously tapping, 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 tapping. And then it was, I said to him, I said, oh, I like this finish. He went, yeah, that was a good one. He said, and then there was another one next one. He went... This, this is my favourite. This is my favourite. Look at this one. Look at that. And it was like one of, you know, the big high kicks, the, the kind of scissor kick kind of thing. And um, and it went on. There was like a mutual appreciation of of, of his finishing. And and then it was, a, then there was like, a, he went, that was a good header, wasn't it? That was it. And we were just basically chatting through all his goals and, and that enthusiasm for a, for a finisher. And I could see that, you know, he, he has that absolute drive uh, to score and and he knows how to do it and he's and we were going not he said watch watch my movement here watch and, and then it <laughs> so, so it was it was actually quite it, it would have been nice to have had a little microphone on that and just um, <laughs> just to, to record um, between us but what a, what a goal scorer he is although he uh, he upset a lot of people's fantasy this weekend I think oh absolutely did nightmare. you have him as captain Micah. No, I actually, I knew everyone was going to go Haaland captain. So I went Alvarez captain. And, and he I'm didn't looking, do anything either, did he? Oh my God. <laughs> I wanted to break my phone. I'm away in Mexico. <laughs> I see one going, two going, three going. I'm thinking, okay, Haaland's not, all right, fine. I've still got Haaland in my team. I want him to score, but I don't, I want Alvarez. Four, then he goes off five, at half time. Six, but not, not even that. And he didn't even get an assist. Nothing. I had him captain. He gets two points for playing past 60 minutes or 70 minutes or whatever it is. And ended up with four points. It was annoying, but I've still got a few to play. Madison. I had Jeremy Docker as captain. <laughs> <laughs> you know full well I don't play. He did particularly well. This is, this is what I write, the fantasy football thing. And I understand it. And it's this addictive thing. But honestly, I've got four lads. Um, three of them play it. Three of them do it all the time. And it's, I mean, the home conversations. And they come to me, what do you think of my team? And I go, well, I don't know. It looks all right. Looks <laughs> and, and then, the, you know, the, the difference in their mood. If it's bad on, if, you know, on a Sunday, they all come around usually for Sunday lunch. And honestly, if their player's not doing well, it's like the end of the world. And I'm thinking, I've got to deal with this. And then, then on another day, it's like, it's like, wow, this is what a Sunday this is. And because some like random bloke playing for a team that's, that you don't support has scored a couple of goals, they're really, really happy. But it's like an emotional roller coaster for them. And you, I've seen you in the match it, of the day. It really it. is. It, 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 it's, it's, it means everything. If you, it really doesn't, what, Mike. What it do, when it, from three to five o'clock, on a Saturday, that determines my whole mood for the rest of the weekend. You might even see at the show. I might have less energy on a Saturday night. If my captain's not scored, I might be sulking. I suppose what it what it does do is makes a game where you've not perhaps got any skin in the game. It makes it interesting. It makes it more interesting, I should say. Perfectly put. 
literally you're watching every game and it helps with your analysis as well and your stats because you're looking at you know who scored you know who's playing well you know who's getting the clean sheets you know who's getting the most passes all the data is there to be seen so it's perfect i wonder if i'd have had you in my team <laughs> well for one season 2012 I, I, season yeah, definitely. i definitely put you in there there Mike. <laughs> yeah um well, well we'll we'll finish with our fantasies and um we'll, we'll call this episode a day thanks uh, once again for sending in your questions and all your lovely comments too uh, about the podcast um we're absolutely thrilled that you you are enjoying it um We'll be back at the end of the week with the second part of the Andriy Shevchenko um, interview, um, which you seem to have enjoyed as well. Um, the second episode, um, we discuss, um, obviously, Istanbul, um, how he got married on a golf course, and various other things, including some of the great players he played with, like Kaka and Maldini and Ronaldinho and uh, Beckham, of course. So um, you'll enjoy it, I think. Um, but for now... Bye from me. Goodbye from me. Cheers all. <laughs>